Hello, Darren Alf here from BicycleTrainPro.com, and today we're going to do some Q&A. You guys, my readers at BicycleTrainPro.com, sent me a whole bunch of questions that you wanted answered, and today, for the very first time in podcast format, I am going to answer your questions about bicycle touring, world travel, bike packing, and a whole lot more. So, my first question comes from Tim. He says, Hi, my name's Tim. I'm from Walla Walla, Washington in the United States. I'm looking for the best route to bike from Portland, Oregon to Portland, Maine. Any tips to make it a successful trip? So there are a couple long distance bicycle terrain routes in the United States that are along approximately Tim's intended route. Um, I would recommend the Northern Tier Bicycle Route. It's a route that was created by the Adventure Cycling Association, and you can learn more about the route and order the maps for the entire cross-country bike tour uh, on their website. I believe it's adventurecycling.org. Uh, once again, it's the Northern Tier Bicycle Route that you're looking for. The Transamerica Bicycle Route is another route that goes from east to west across the United States of America. It's a little bit more in the center of the United States, however. It kind of goes through Kansas and, and that Colorado and that sort of a thing, whereas the northern tier is up higher and will get you closer, I believe, to your Portland to Portland uh, goal. So I would look at the northern tier, but as a backup, check out the Trans-American Bicycle Route, which is a really popular long-distance cycling route. It's probably the most popular um, long-distance bike route in the United States. State. So those two routes I would check out. Once again, you can learn more about them at adventurecycling.org. The second part of your question was about uh, any tips to make it a successful trip. And the truth is, I have tons of tips that I could give you to make a, a successful trip. Um, I've written 1,200 articles on bicycletouringpro.com that will help you make it a successful trip. I've written a book called The Bicycle Touring Blueprint, which will help you make it a successful trip. And I've created hundreds of videos on my Bicycle Touring Pro YouTube channel, which will help you make it a successful trip. So I encourage you to check all that out. Visit my website, bicycletouringpro.com. If you haven't done so already, pick up a copy of my book, The Bicycle Touring Blueprint. You can get it at biketourbook.com or on my website at bicycletouringpro.com. Okay, so second question comes from Maury, and he says, when planning your first overnight bike tour, how do you overcome the nervousness or anxiety of the unknown? That's a very good question, and to be completely honest, I was freaked out at the beginning of pretty much my first 10 bike tours that I ever did. Um, it's pretty scary, you know, to go off and do something like this that you've never done before. Um, you, like Maury says, like you don't know what's gonna happen. Um, you're going to places that you've never been to before. So how do you overcome that? The truth is, I don't really have a good answer. Um, I think you overcome it by simply getting out there and doing it. Just like public speaking or anything else that you've probably been afraid of in your lifetime, the more you do it, the more comfortable you become. And inside my book, The Bicycle Turn Blueprint, I talk about this nervousness, this anxiety that builds up at the beginning of a bike tour. And I basically say that like you, 
it's good to know that that's going to happen because for most people it is like, um, most people get really excited dreaming about the bike tour, but then a few days or, or even just a few weeks, um, before the bike tour begins, then suddenly the reality kicks in of like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go off and do this thing. And it's a little scary. So, um, yeah, I talk about that inside the book, but I also talk about how for most people after one day, two days, and for most people, it, it kind of kicks in after three days. Three days is kind of the point when most people, after they've been on out on the road for that amount of time, they start to feel comfortable and that anxiety that they were feeling starts to go away. So just know that those first three days on the road on a long distance bicycle tour are probably going to be the most difficult days of the entire trip. Not because the cycling is necessarily harder or anything, it's it's more about your mental attitude and how you feel about the trip. During those first three days, you're going to be nervous and excited and scared. And after that, you'll kind of settle in and uh, you'll start to realize that, hey, this is going well. I can kind of, I know what I'm doing and I can see how I'm going to get to my end goal. Okay. Third question comes from Tim. This is a different Tim. There was Tim earlier that asked the first question. This is a different Tim. And he says, why do you wear shorts with no padding in them when you're cycling? So I've talked about this in the past, but I'll talk about it again. I personally do not wear bicycle shorts of any kind, and I never really have on any of my long distance bicycle tours. Instead, I tend to wear what is basically just like a skateboarding short, like the type of shorts that you would get at a skateboarding shop, like, oh, like Hurley or Volcom or something like that. Um, and yeah, I like these shorts because they're durable. They hold up. I usually buy black ones so they can get dirty and you won't see all the dirt on them. And frankly, I just have never found there to be any need for me personally to have bike shorts with padding in them. In fact, I've tried cycling in bike shorts with padding in the past, and I found that they were super comfortable for like the first hour or two. But after that, they started to like chafe and itch and rub up against me in weird ways. And when you're doing a long distance bike tour, that is not what you want. So for me personally, I just found that like those bike shorts are really comfortable for very shorter rides. But when it comes to longer bike tours where you're on the road for days, weeks, months on end, um, I didn't really like them. And it, it's pretty common actually to see other long distance bicycle tourists not wearing traditional like lycra skin tight bike shorts and there's another reason for that also not only for from a comfort standpoint like you just don't need them necessarily but also um, there's something to be said about how your bike shorts look like in, in a lot of places in the world it's not that big of a deal to go into a store for example in a pair of bike shorts people realize that you're biking or whatever but in many parts of the world uh, it's pretty odd and maybe even offensive to wear skin tight bike shorts where you can see your butt and your crotch and everything else. So um, a lot of bicycle tourists, myself included, opt for more traditional shorts to wear both on and off the bicycle. So the shorts that I wear, for example, they may not have padding in them, but 
I find them to be comfortable both on and off the bike. And when I do step off the bike, which happens a lot on a long distance bike tour, I basically blend in with everybody around me because I'm not wearing what you would define as traditional bicycle clothing. I'm wearing what looks like from the outside at least to just be a regular pair of shorts. So that is the brief answer to why I don't wear shorts with padding in them. But um, I encourage everybody to try cycling in padded shorts and to try cycling in some other form of non-padded shorts and see what you like. Because just because I find it most comfortable or most convenient to wear a non-traditional type of bicycle short, that doesn't mean that you're going to feel the exact same way. So if I were you and like you're totally new to bicycle touring, I would encourage you to get a pair of padded bike shorts from your local bike shop or whatever. Um, I would generally opt for the thinnest padding possible. Um, That's just me personally, but you can do whatever you want. So get a pair of padded bike shorts Try them out and especially try them out on a long distance ride. You got to wear those things for like two days, three days, four days, and then tell me how you feel at the end of that experience. Then do another short bike tour, uh, maybe a weekend style bike tour, whatever, um, in in another pair of shorts. Maybe something more like the skateboarding shorts that I'm wearing. Um, And tell me how your butt feels at the end of that. Um, That's what I encourage most people to do because I think you'll find after just two short outings like that, uh, which type of cycling short you prefer. So Tim has a second question. He says, I've never seen you include a video of you wiping out. I think you said you fell once. Do you just not have falls? I've never heard you talk about getting hit by a vehicle. I hope you never have and never do. But I wonder if you don't talk about it because it might deter people from bicycle touring. So there's two questions there, really. The first is, have I ever wiped out? And the answer really is no. Um, when I was in Swaziland a couple years ago, I was cycling down a dirt road, a, a really steep, uh, dirt, sandy road in the middle of, I don't know where I was, Swaziland in Africa. And uh, the road suddenly got really, really soft. Like it just went to s- sand, super soft. And my front wheel dug into the sand I basically flipped over the handlebars and miraculously I landed, I did a full flip and landed on my feet. And uh, unfortunately I wasn't filming at the time and no no one was around to see this stunt that I just performed. But honestly, like that's the only time that I have ever personally fallen off of my touring bicycle in 17 years of bike touring all around the world. So Tim says, do you just not have falls? And I guess the answer is for me personally, no, I haven't had a lot of falls. But that also is because bicycle touring is a very kind of laid back activity. When I go bicycle touring, I'm not like trying to set any land speed records you know i'm not i'm not drafting off of 300 guys in front of me and we're going 50 miles an hour i'm usually going 10 miles an hour i'm going in a very straight line and i am also taking precautions not to hurt myself because i know that when i'm doing a long distance bike tour especially in a foreign country 
I want to make sure that I do not get hurt. So I am very, very cautious when I'm out there on the road. I, I go slow when I'm descending. I watch out for everybody and everything around me. And for the most part, yeah, I've just never really been hurt in any way on my bicycle tours. Now, that being said, do people get hurt when they go bicycle touring? And the answer is most definitely yes. While it's not super common, especially when you compare it to road cycling or mountain biking or something like that, bicycle touring is pretty darn safe. However, people have been injured severely, uh, usually by getting hit by a passing vehicle when they do these long distance bike tours and several people have in fact died on bike tours all around the world. Tim said, I wonder if you don't talk about it because it might deter people from bicycle touring. And yes, there have been instances in the past where bicycle tourists have been hit uh, and killed while they were on the road and it made the news or whatever. And I've basically made the decision long ago that I wasn't going to share those types of stories. Um, I would much rather share the stories of good things happening to people out there on the road rather than share the bad things. And it's not like I'm trying to pretend that people don't get hurt when they go on bike tours. I just don't want to lead with that. Anyone who has read my book, The Bicycle Turn Blueprint, will know that in the first chapter or two, I basically say that, hey, bicycle touring is like an amazing, life-altering, positive experience. However, the reality is you can get hurt doing this. So you have to know that, I guess, going into it. Um, you also have to take some precautions so that you don't get hurt. Um, there are certain things you can do, but there are certain things like getting hit by a passing vehicle that are kind of out of your control to a certain extent. So I don't know what else to say exactly. For me personally, no, I've never been hurt um, seriously on any of my bike tours anywhere in the world. Other people have. It's not common, and I probably won't be promoting any uh, negative news uh, like that in the future here on BicycleTurningPro.com. But uh, if you have something positive you want to share with me, I'd be happy to spread that. Thanks. Okay, so next question comes from Andre, and he says, How much of an influence was the Van Nicholas Deveron with the pinion on your selection of a Comotion Siskiyou with the pinion gearbox? So many of you know that about five, six months ago, I got a brand new Comotion Cycles Siskiyou touring bicycle. And this bicycle is very unique because it's fitted with a pinion gearbox and a Gates carbon drive system. So instead of the metal chain and derailleurs that you're used to seeing on so many bicycles all around the world, um, this bicycle, all of the gearing is built inside this small box that's located on the bottom bracket of the bicycle. And instead of a metal chain, there's this rubber and carbon fiber belt that drives the bicycle forward with the use of two sprockets. So anyways, I got that, that bicycle five, six months ago and I used it on my recent bike tour across Sweden, Finland, and Norway. And I have it now with me on my current bike tour across the American Southwest. And Andre is asking, about my friend Kevin, who went on a bike tour with me last summer in Portugal, 
Spain, and France. We were on the road for about a month and a half together, and Kevin was riding a Van Nicholas Deveron, which is a high-end titanium touring bicycle, and this bicycle had a pinion gearbox built into the bottom bracket of the bike. So I got to use Kevin's bicycle on that trip a little bit. I got to see the pinion gearbox up close and kind of saw how it worked, tried it out for myself, and then a few months later, I got the Comotion Siskiyou with the pinion gearbox for myself. So Andre is asking how much of an influence uh, was Kevin's Van Nicholas Deveron on my decision to purchase the Comotion Siskiyou with the pinion gearbox. Um, I guess, yeah, I had never really even thought about it. But yeah, the truth is being able to ride Kevin's bicycle and try the pinion out for myself really made me feel a whole lot more confident about ordering a bicycle with the pinion gearbox for myself. Um, if you get this pinion gearbox on your bicycle, it is not cheap. It's a big investment. So um, I wanted to make sure that it was going to be a good investment. And thus far it has been. It's been a flawless investment and I'm very, very happy with the bike. It's very strange to switch from a bicycle that has a metal chain and derailleur and then to go to the, the pinion gearbox and the Gates carbon drive. Um, it's probably easier to use the bicycle actually with the pinion gearbox. But what's weird is now if I switch back to another bicycle that has a metal chain and derailleur, it feels really, really weird. There are differences between these two drivetrain setups, and I won't go into that now. Maybe that's something I'll talk about in a future podcast or video on BicycleTrainPro.com. But for now, just know that, yeah, I'm very happy with the uh, pinion gearbox, and if you can afford it, it's definitely worthwhile. All right, so next question comes from Michael. Michael says, how do you handle your camera when you're riding your bike? How do you change from self-shots to scenic ones so fast and easy? I watch all your videos and I can't figure it out. Is it just editing? So first of all, I should mention that I have hundreds of videos up now on the Bicycle Train Pro YouTube channel. Last I checked, it was like 550 videos are up there for free for you to watch right now. In those videos, you'll see me using a bunch of different cameras, actually, to record my bicycle tours all around the world. In the past couple months, however, I've started to use Canon cameras that have stabilization built into them. And that stabilization feature makes a big difference when it comes to recording yourself on a bicycle. The stabilization holds the camera kind of prevents the camera from those really big uh, shakes and bumps that you would see otherwise um, if you watch some of my earlier bicycle touring uh, documentaries. So um, that's my first tip for you if you want to record your own bike tours is make sure you order a camera that has stabilization built into it. As far as how I switch so easily from one shot to another, yes, it's all editing. I'm simply editing the videos after the bike trip is over. I shoot myself riding the bike and then I turn the camera around and I shoot what I'm seeing and then I switch back to another angle of the bike somewhere and, and that goes on and on and basically, yeah, it's all just editing. Okay, next question comes from John Waiton. He says, uh, can you help me find sponsorship in the USA for my bicycle tour across the USA? 
John, I wish I could do that, but the truth is I've been bicycle touring around the world for 17 years and I have yet to find a sponsor who will pay for my bike tour. If I could find one, I wouldn't pass them on to you, I'd keep them for myself. So I'm sorry about that, but no, I don't really know of anyone that's handing out money just so you can go on a bike tour. Um, there's a lot that I could say about using a bike tour to raise money for a charity or cause. Um, there's a lot that I could say about raising the money for yourself to go off on a bike tour. Most people, however, do not have sponsors. Um, I know that that's something that a lot of people think is quite common, that there's some company out there that will just give you money to go off on a bike trip. I have yet to find them. Even with 17 years of bicycle touring experience and hundreds of thousands of people following me through my various platforms, websites, social media, YouTube, videos, etc. I have, for the most part, been unable to find a sponsor. So yeah, if there are any sponsors out there who want to sponsor Bicycle Touring Pro or John Waiton, please get in touch with me. My name is Darren Alf. I run the website at BicycleTouringPro.com and I would love to work with you. Okay, last question here comes from DG. I don't know if that's the initials or maybe like an abbreviated form of Doug or something. But last question comes from DG. He says, hi, Darren, I'm a Canadian and one of your followers. When I was watching one of your tour videos, I heard that you had cancer. I'm wondering the result of it. If you don't mind, would you please give me an update? So yeah, that's true. Unfortunately, about two years ago, I was diagnosed with uh, testicular cancer and the first thing that happened to me when I received that diagnosis, well, the first thing that happened was I freaked out. But the first thought that came to my mind was, did this happen because I ride a bicycle so much? And I told that to every single doctor that I met. And I, trust me, I got a lot of doctors now. But every single doctor that I brought this up with basically laughed at the idea of my bike riding being responsible for my testicular cancer. Pretty much all of my doctors have said, if anything, your bike riding has helped you to prevent the cancer from spreading to other parts of your body. So as far as I know, at this point in time, I mean, I'm not a doctor or a specialist or anything of the kind, but as far as I know, based off of research I've done online and talking to about a dozen different doctors in different fields, there is no correlation between riding a bicycle and getting testicular cancer. Pretty much all of my doctors have basically said, we don't know what caused the cancer um, and that basically it's just bad luck. So the question was, uh, what are the results of my cancer? Would you please give me an update? Um, it's been two years now, or almost two years, uh, since I was first diagnosed with testicular cancer, and, and honestly, it's been pretty rough. I had surgery to remove the one testicle that had cancer in it, and that was not necessarily easy, but it was actually like a whole lot less painful than I thought it was going to be. The truth is the hard part about getting over cancer is the mental aspects of it. I, I just basically like live in fear every day that the cancer is going to come back and spread to some other part of my body. So that I that is something that I am still trying to deal with and trying to get over. Hopefully as more time goes by, um, I will begin to feel better and better and better. But uh, yeah, my doctors have basically said that 
that for most people who get testicular cancer, especially the kind that I had, there's like a 99% chance that you're going to be okay and you'll get over it. That being said, for the people that do have the cancer come back, it usually comes back during the first three years. So it's been two years for me and I'm okay at the, at the moment. Um, I'm getting CT scans and blood tests and all this kind of stuff pretty much every three months for the first three years. And then after that, um, I'll be tested less regularly. But um, anyways, yeah, I guess right now I'm just trying to get through those first three years, which is part of why I'm staying close to home at the moment and doing a bike tour in the United States versus in some far off foreign country. But uh, yeah, I'm doing pretty well at the moment. Thank you so much for asking. I really, really appreciate it. Well, that does it, everybody. This was the first ever Bicycle Touring Pro Q&A podcast. If you have a question you'd like me to answer in a future episode, be sure to leave a comment on my website at BicycleTourningPro.com or get in touch with me through any of Bicycle Touring Pro's various social media platforms. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Pinterest, Tumblr, etc., and if you would like more information about how you can start planning your dream bike tour anywhere in the world, be sure to pick up a copy of my book, The Bicycle Touring Blueprint. It's available once again on my website at bicycletouringpro.com or at biketourbook.com. That's www.biketourbook.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you have a great day. I'm Darren Alf from BicycleTrainPro.com, and I hope to see you out on the road sometime soon.